Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 7 of the Good Buds Podcast, a show about the Toronto Maple Leafs, not weed, but weed is tight. My name is Joey Belfiore, and I'm here with Andrew Bascom. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing great. You know, uh, never a dull week in the life of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I feel like every time we record, it's like two days later, Joey and I are texting each other going like, what a week. Well, I can't wait to talk about a few things. And this week was no exception. Well, it's like this past week, I guess, or or just the the past homestand, I guess, the yeah. last 10 days of in Leafland is kind of yeah. perfectly encapsulating what it's like to be a Leaf fan because there have been just an insane amount of lows and highs and ridiculous yeah. overreactions and ridiculous statements made. And I, <laughs> I think with all the shit that's going on right now or that had gone on, especially before that back-to-back, mm-hmm. oh, man. Like, it, it just – it's <laughs> again, here we go again. It's a it's a, a yeah. rough start that, that tumbleweeds and, and snowballs into this completely blown out of proportion reaction about the team and, and what to do with the team. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's if we recorded on Thursdays, I think this podcast would sound very different because we mm-hmm. seem to have just had good victories right before we record every time, and uh, it's been it's been nice because then we come out and going like the week was tough, but you know, good win on Saturday, and here we are again and stuff like that. But if it was on a Friday or something, we'd be like, oh, I don't know this team and whatever because you know the homestand was was up and down. Yeah, if we recorded this the Thursday morning after the Ottawa loss, I would have been in a terrible yeah. mood. But I'm feeling great because yeah. then two solid wins against Calgary and Vancouver and they're off to Sweden and turn the page and the record's 8-5-2 and two and everyone needs to just chill out a little bit. I know. And you know what? We always we always kind of end with, what, you know, what, what are we hoping for the week and stuff like that? And it's always, I just want a solid win. Did we, Is Saturday that solid win, Joey? Is Saturday the, so. the win? Yeah, okay. That's I the win so, of the season, because, right? Yeah, I think so because you're on the second leg of a back-to-back – Vancouver yeah. has been waiting for you in Toronto, and yeah. we all know how hot Vancouver's been. It's like Red everything hot. they're shooting is going in the net, whether it's JT mm-hmm. Miller on the power play, Quinn Hughes back there, like Demko's having an unreal season. Amazing. Pedersen is the cream of the crop right now, maybe a top three player in the NHL at this moment. So, yes. you know, to to start that game and, and have this kind of this narrative in that game where the instig- – I mean, we could talk about this later, but the instigator penalties that both end up in the back of our net – and you're yes. like, oh my God, finally we're sticking up, but it's costing us goals and yeah. what the fuck? And then all of a sudden we take control of the game and a 5-2 win is just kind of perfect on a Saturday night, on a getaway sort of weekend yeah. where they don't play for another week and we can everyone can just chill. Like Sheldon Keefe, your job is not in danger. And even on Thursday, I would have said, your job is not in danger. Just it's no. it's It's Leaf Nation, man. I know it really yeah yeah uh, sit down Jake this is Chinatown is this is Leaf Nation because it's not going to change this is the way it is and yes there is some lowlights that this team keeps playing against uh, the level of its opposition Ottawa not a good team lost that sucks you know the Calgary Flames think they're okay are they playing well no but they think they're going to be good okay we beat them and then we beat the Canucks which is one of the hottest teams in the league so I I just I you know what the really good thing about the Canucks was the Canucks game excuse me not the Canucks as a whole because I could care less is is the (laughs) you know we score, they score. We score, they score. And you're like, ah, oh, here we go again. And then mm. bang, 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 bang. We see goals and we, you know, just put, shut the door. And that's the stuff that we have not seen yet. Also, to give up two goals in one game for this team is a very big triumph right now. Yeah, 
to not give up four at home. <laughs> not to give up four. Yeah, seriously. Because that was just the, that was the pattern that had happened. What was the stat? It was like the last time they had done that was sometime in the seventies where they won 13 <laughs> or 14 games all year. It was one, it was one, the stretch where we were like the three years they were like the worst team in the league. So Yeesh. yeah. Yeah. Yeesh. But not good. I mean, and those, those goals in that Canucks game come from depth areas. Like, Finally, yeah. it was just such a nice little weight off your shoulders game, I think, where especially and you know what, let's get into it, especially for John Klingberg, yeah. um, because I mean, again, we we do this podcast on Thursday. It's a an entirely different narrative about John Klingberg. Oh. Everyone was not happy with John Klingberg against Ottawa. Probably his worst. Yes, his worst game of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate that there is a competition for that. But yes, it was it was his worst game of the year because there was you know some noticeable noticeable gaps where he is clearly in the wrong spot he's standing there looking around trying to figure out where he's supposed to be and they score a goal and you're like oh boy buddy like this is not good if we're realizing you're in the wrong spot then i can only imagine the the defensive coach is like what is that what are you doing you know kind of thing yeah i mean multiple of those goals against ottawa we had four guys below the hash mark uh and ottawa was just toying with us and not only were they just trapped below the hash marks they were just standing there in the yeah. crease looking at the goalie like max yeah. domi yeah. john klingberg and matthew nice if you look at those clips just like they are just standing there like they're in a video game and the person who's controlling them has put down their controller to go eat something like and they're just xbox controller at has disconnected yeah exactly <laughs> um oh, yeah. so yeah it's yeah. like you know john klingberg has that horrible game and everyone's ready to ship him off. And all of a sudden, you know, there's every single trade package in the world uh, for Nikita Zadorov where we're shipping off John Klingberg. And I kind of just want to talk about this for a second because like, sure. Yeah. I think there's a solid chance we could acquire Nikita Zadorov. I think that is not yes. just a rumor at this point. I think there is, there is weight to that. There is merit to that. Um, a lot of different, people reporting different things and we know he's yeah. requested a trade. However, everyone assumes that John Klingberg is the guy going back. I don't think that's the case. I don't think John Klingberg's getting traded. No, I, I, I think that's true for a couple of different reasons, Joey. I think it's that what, what are you trading for him? Like he makes a lot of money for one year, even though it's an only one year deal. Somebody was going to look at them like, well, what am I getting here? Like, you know, uh, is this a dump? Are you dumping this guy that, well, you, you need to attach stuff. And then if we're trying to acquire a very good player like Sidorov, then you're kind of like, well, wait a second, how we're getting a depreciated asset. Uh, and you are getting a good player on an expiring deal. I, I get that as well. But still, it, it, I, I, I don't really fully understand that connection. Now, I understand the Zadorov connection because they had just played in Toronto. They are in Toronto, currently in the locker room, and he's requesting a trade. The mm -hmm. agent is saying he could go to Toronto. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's almost like if I was any other team, I'd be like, this is collusion, right? Like, this has to be some kind of insider, insider trading. Um, you know, and I, I just don't understand the Klinberg part because, you know, Frank Valley was reporting that uh, Brody is the odd man out in a trade coming back. So he would be the one of the ones that would really? be shipped either to Calgary or out. I, I don't really fully understand the thinking behind that one either. No. But, uh, you know, yeah. That would be... I feel like the media looks at, like, different patterns and, and with Trey Living coming over to Toronto, they're like, well, he let Brody go once. So obviously <laughs> it's going to be Bro Brody going back the other way. I don't he think that's DJ the way Brody. it works. Yeah. Like, well, you know, he traded for Nikita Zadorov once. And so, you know, obviously he's just going to try to get the same people he traded for in Calgary. I mean, yeah, there yeah. are certain truths in certain aspects of that, but 
TJ Brody, just because uh, Brad Tree Living let him sign in free agency somewhere else does not mean that Brad Tree Living is eager to get rid of TJ Brody. He's by far and away our best defensive defenseman, even with Nikita Zadorov on the roster. Absolutely. On a team that doesn't have defensive defense, we don't have very de- defensive focused players in general. And we want to ship the one of the few of them that's consistent. Like you and I have always been on the same page. So like, you know, we got to be exempt from this. But like we like TJ Brody. I don't really understand mm-hmm. the hate for TJ Brody. He does one thing and he does it very well. Everyone needs to back off. You know, it's like every time like, well, David Camp not scoring enough. You're like, ah, I've got someone to break it to you, man. That's not his job. I, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I just, you know, I, I think this is a good time to bring it up too. Cause this is the thing that scares me about Brad for living and the Calgary Flames. And it's all been brought up just because we just played them on Friday and they are a tire fire right now. They do not know what they're doing. They feel like they're in the middle of like, should we break this up? Should we sign everybody? And it kind of feels like a friend who dated a friend of yours. And so you're you're listening to them and they broke up and you're like, you're like, that last relationship was awful. Everything is horrible. All my, my he didn't pay the rent. All the bills are due. And you're like looking next to you who's the guy that they're talking about. You're like, is that true? Is that, that's you. That's you. And I feel like this is us. We hired their GM and they're like, yeah, this organization is run poorly. Like, look at all these horrible contracts. You're like, uh, oh no, that's our GM now. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. And there are those reports that they wouldn't trade Zadora to Vancouver because it's inside the division, right? Yeah, that makes no sense. So, I mean, if if that's (laughs) the case, then what are you looking at? New Jersey or Toronto? Or just some like dark horse team that comes in? Yeah, you're looking for somebody that's trying to buy and buy defense and buy to win. And, you know, they, but someone pointed this out recently too, like the Chikrin deal. And I understand that's a little bit differently because Jacob Chikrin was like not playing or actively on the trade market, like in the most embarrassing way for 18 months. Like mm-hmm. he was, he was so desperately uh, traded, but they traded like a first round pick. They didn't trade very much. And now all of a sudden it's like, you're getting word that like, well, to get Zadorov, it's a first round pick and carry, you know, count Easton. You're like, Okay, wait, wait, why? I don't understand where the difference level is because I think Chickren's a better player, younger asset and a better contract. And then all of a sudden we're like, I, I don't really see the value thing. And I I do get that they're trying to create a market so that you can bid each other up and get the best deal possible. That's also why I don't understand not trading within your own division. Just get the most assets. Who the hell cares? Uh, you know, but but I don't understand the evaluation right now of, of Nikita Zordov. I, unless unless for some reason I he's way better than I have originally thought. Yeah, I don't. I think the ask is clearly high, and a lot of these mock trades are kind of ridiculous. Like we're not yeah. giving up multiple picks and multiple prospects for, while also shipping John Klingberg for Nikita Zadorov. It's not going to happen. Um, yeah, just not going to happen. And you know, everyone wants to play armchair GM, so that's totally fine. And that's kind of what being a sports fan is. But yeah, I just think the the realistic like look at the defense market and look at the defense market in free agency versus the trade deadline versus you know at other points in the year uh and i think the ask is really high for zadorov right now that's kind of probably going to tame itself down over the next couple days weeks and then maybe mm-hmm. you see a move get made yeah no i i, I agree with you it's still very early you know mm-hmm. i i and also he he's not only he's not only the only calgary flame defenseman that is going to be on the move this year so like i think a lot of things can change it's not like it's like well if it's not it's not him it's nobody you're like oh, i don't you know we got lots of time here yeah that was a a delicious sidebar over to nikita zadorov let's bring it back <laughs> to uh john klingberg so gets yeah. benched yeah uh yeah, sheldon yeah. calls it an injury it was a benching we know it was a benching because Sheldon Keefe, man of the people, eh? Like yeah, just taking yeah, yeah. a bullet for the guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we know it was a benching, obviously something that I think John Klingberg, maybe if he isn't playing hundred percent fully healthy, just kind of needed to 
take a moment for himself. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a lot. And, and it's me- on a back-to-back. The, it makes sense. It does make sense. It does make sense. The media is crucifying him. The fan base is crucifying him. His play has not been, he knows his play has not been good. So no, take no. the night off, sit in the press box for a moment and come back strong. And he did by all accounts. He played solid against Vancouver. And then where is everyone? No one wants to say anything. No one wants to give John Klingberg credit for having a good game and you got to call it what it is right like you're gonna crucify him then you better be the one to be like no respect okay that was that was a solid outing yeah i agree with you yeah okay yes yes and no because i I agree with you after playing badly you should go hey that was good very good um but it's kind of like you know like if your partner cheats on you you don't congratulate them for not cheating or something like Like, you you did you did your base (laughs) effort you know what i mean like you did the thing we asked you to do that's very nice of you um yeah i i agree with you (laughs) but i will say He's old, right? Like he's much older than than um, than maybe his play lets on because offensive defensemen kind of age kind of well. So you kind of forget that there's a lot of miles on him. And if he needs back-to-backs off, to be honest, the replacements in which we have filled in the defense have not been horrible. No, I'm, I'm going to go with, yeah. I'm a big fan of William Lagesson. Like I, okay, I thought I he's too. played fantastic. I think Benoit's been physical and I mean, sometimes doesn't make the right play, but I like right. what he brings in terms of effort and in terms of responsibility. I'm into Benoit. Like I get, he's probably your seventh or eighth guy, especially with Timmons knocking on the door. It looks yeah, like right. Timmons might play in Sweden, but yeah, ideally Klingberg isn't in the press box often. Cause you're giving him that no. much money. Um, but when you play, but, like you play, uh, yeah, you got to sort of answer for your mistakes. And and sometimes that is the case. Well, I just think if he's going to be hard to move, which I think by all accounts, he'll be hard to move. Yes. That's okay. We don't have to cut bait yet. I get that. But if he does need a moment during back-to-backs and things like that, it's good to know that it's not an abject disaster yet. Because I, I I agree with you. Ladgerson, you know, they're going to Sweden now and we can talk about that in a second. But him being Swedish and it means a whole lot to him. And, you know, I will say too, in the Calgary game, I forget what happened, but they rushed the goaltender and he was the first one to tackle somebody yep. and just like pummel them. And you're like, okay, here we go. Yeah. I lo- I lo- oh, it's perfect. Okay. How about that? How about that? Yeah. That's poetic. Um, and uh, I just like now that if you're only going to play a couple minutes uh, a night and you're only going to play every couple of games, now that is exactly what we need from you. Yeah. I- I've been super happy with William Lagos. And, and I yeah. think just to put a button on the Klingberg note, if I'm yeah. going to make a prediction, he's playing both games in Sweden. Like he's, oh, play- I, yes. he's playing both games in Sweden. Let's yeah, it, before it, it, everyone so gets different. mad at Sheldon when the lineup goes out on Friday. He's playing both games in Sweden. I'd be willing to yeah. bet like a lot of money on that. <laughs> oh, I I imagine he'll be maybe the starter or something like that. Maybe you see like a ceremonial all Swedish team or you know what I mean. Yeah, I, yeah. I, Sheldon I, does that. I, stuff. I think he does. He does. And you only realize how many Swedish players are on this team mm-hmm. is when they go to Sweden, and you're like, holy smokes! It's it's a majority, a good chunk of this team is uh, Swedish, which is cool. The Leafs are probably the the largest. NHL franchise uh, with ties to Sweden, like the, the, have the most ties to Sweden, I would say of any NHL franchise, right? I would like, agree with you because I remember, I'm going to tell a disconnected story, but I remember it's it's because of Borea. Yeah. Borea Salming was one of the first Swedish players in the NHL and the Toronto Maple Leafs have always had a really strong scouting presence in there since the seventies because of it. And the Toronto Maple Leafs hold a lot of weight in Sweden because of that connection to Borea Salming. Uh, and so, you know, and then we've had great Swedish players on top of that, like Matt Sandin, but, yeah. um, you know, there, there's a docu-series right now, like a, a narrative docu-series, kind of like the crown about Boris Alming that's going to be airing in Sweden starting tonight, I think. Uh, and so a lot of the players were there to walk down the red carpet, uh, a lot of the Swedish players and 
John Tavares. And you're like, yeah, oh, this, what a guy. Love it. What a captain. Uh, <laughs> I did see that. But yeah, like Sundin <laughs> was what? The first Swedish player to go first overall, I think. Um, yes. So yeah, a lot of ties there. I bet you like whoever is back in Sweden trying to organize this entire thing when when it first started was like, okay, we got to get Toronto over there. That's that's Yeah, we're going to get Toronto, maybe Detroit, maybe, you know, like maybe, you know, like, yeah, the, you know, a few players that have had prominent Swedish players in their mm-hmm. life or captains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Detroit's a big one too. Um, all right, some some solid little lineup stuff going on here. Yes. Uh, the depth scoring. Yeah, it's here, man. The depth yeah, scoring is happened. here. It happened. We were wondering where it went, and then it's here, and they, you know, changed up the lines, and Nick Robertson is back up with the big club, and I don't think he's going anywhere, man. No, he looked he looked so good. It's exactly that little like jump start that they need. Um, you know, clearly he's having an amazing season in the AHL. He is an offensive talent. And what that third line desperately needed was a little bit of a kick. And he, man, he provides it. He he really does pop off the screen a little bit. We'd, we'd been talking about that because he's been sharing the line with Domi. We're like, Domi could get lost. And you all of a sudden kind of go, how many minutes did he play? And you're like, 14, really? I can't believe that. I, you know, I didn't see him. Uh, Nick Robertson makes his line mates very, uh, like, uh, very present on screen. Uh, they're always being put in spots and he's just got a hell of a shot too. Now we also did see pro and con Nick Robertson because we saw pro offensive uh, genius, Nick Robertson, and then con nearly getting killed three different times. And you're like, Oh, oh yeah, God, right. He's yeah. very small for the, for the league, but well, you know, but Hey, positive, positive. Yeah. Um, he's looked solid. I think so we might not ever see him wear a Marley's Jersey ever again. And I think yeah. that's probably the greatest thing you could ever say to someone like Nick Robertson, because my God, he is been up and down and up and down and whether that's skill yeah, related or yeah. injuries related or not enough room on attitude. the big club related or attitude related i think he's probably here to stay um yeah and yeah you you match him with domi and domi playing up the middle i think that gives domi a lot more freedom give him the open ice let him skate with the puck that's where he's best and then you've got cali Yonkrock on the right hand side who's gonna play <sighs> defensively and kind of counteract the offense that that Nick Robertson brings where Nick Robertson isn't as solid defensively and no one's discounting Cali Yardencroft's like incredible shot. He's got an incredible shot. He's really good in front of the net. Those mm-hmm. couple of goals he scored is off the bang. Like it's, it's, I, it really does make sense as a lineup. Like when you just kind of look at it, uh, you know, hypothetically, like, oh, they all kind of do different things. This kind of makes sense a little bit. And they have looked great together. And this is exactly what we need on the third line after the first two lines have been holding up so much of the play so far. Yeah, it's it's nice. The depth scoring is nice and the depth scoring continues to trickle down because Noah Gregor got another and David Camper finally scored. Oh, I love it. He oh, I love scored. it. <laughs> the yeah, fourth it's, line. It's, oh. Ryan Reeves. The fourth line. It's, How about that? They could be, they could actually be in the black, not the red. How about that? They could be positives. It's crazy the correlation, man, like how the, his first game out of the out of the uh the lineup just what the fourth line scores two goals and they look yeah. unbelievable. They look like a solid fourth line and you're like, and then the team gets into two fights and it's like, oh. I don't know, man, what it's such a weird little thing. The way things fall into place the way they do. And yeah, we are sitting here advocating last week and for a couple of weeks going like, this isn't working. Like clearly this isn't working. Ryan Reeves in the, the way that he can provide uh, be an asset in the lineup is to be a physical presence to fight. Well, clearly that has not worked. Right. And on top of that, he is, I can't, I don't even know what the words to describe a defensive liability that he is. He was minus 11 through 11 games. So yeah, that was pretty bad. So 
it you you know you're right kind of thing. You know, hey man, we got to sit this guy. It's not working out. You don't expect in the first goddamn game for it to pay off as much as it did. Yeah. If they did nothing, you'd be like, this is working. Just trust me, this is working. But instead, two goals. Oh my god. Yeah. What were his stats? Was it the Ottawa? I can't remember if it was the Ottawa game or the Calgary game. I think it was the Ottawa game. Four minutes, four plus minutes, two goals. On oh, for it was two the Ottawa goals. game. Yes. Just yes. It was four and a half minutes. He was minus two, and you're like, how is that possible? How is that possible? <laughs> How is that possible? possible? And you know, I just, it continues my Noah Gregor stock that if he becomes like Luis Mendoza in Mighty Ducks 2, where if he only learned to shoot a little (laughs) bit away from the crest of the goalie, he would be the greatest player in the NHL history. You know what? (laughs) He looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. He's another guy that clearly pops on the screen where you kind of watch a guy go, wow, he's fast. And you know what? He put one by and he looked good. So he did look good. Bobby McMahon looked solid. David Camp looked solid. Uh, By all accounts, I don't, I don't know. When do you put Ryan Reeves back in the lineup? I know, like, you um, want to say never, but, like... <laughs> I was going to say, the question is not when, is do you put do Ryan Reeves back yeah. in the lineup? The um, I don't know, unless no. they... <laughs> the answer is no. My, you know, the real answer is, and I know I'm going to contradict myself, is that if the Lilligren injury happened again, he would go into the next Boston game and go, like, well, go get him. Like, this, this is the yeah. only thing. Yeah. Except he was in the original Boston yeah. game and didn't do anything. Yeah, so the quest for uh. minus 82 is put on hold. <laughs> Ryan Reeves. Um, so I think it was Carlo Koliakovo who who mentioned that was the coincidence of Ryan Reeves being out of the lineup. Vancouver guys are starting to run our guys because they think that yes. no one's going to do anything. Because they can. They, yeah. Because they can. Um, I guess maybe there's some truth to that in, in the Vancouver sure. mindsets of, of, of <laughs> things. Um, but... We had Mark Giordano yep. and Max Domi answer the bell. Yeah. And I mean, the yeah. Domi fight was kind of like, it just, you're like, yay, thank you for doing that. Like, woohoo. Like, it yes. wasn't a great fight. They were just holding each other the entire time. But the Mark Giordano fight was one of <laughs> the best fights I've seen in a long time, just in terms of the longevity of it, the, the, the pure endurance factor and the yeah. size mismatch and the age mismatch. Um, that is that the TSN turning point of the whole season? Like it just it like literally light a fucking fire under under everyone's ass, under the crowd's ass. It was awesome. If you are to believe that fights change momentum, and that you know, I think some people do and some people don't, that would be the one you point at. Where you're like, look, the oldest man on the team just kicked the crap out of a kid with like weird dad strength, and like he just and have you seen the fan angle? Yeah, somebody oh, videotaped yeah. it from the. Oh my god, it's like violent. It looks so good. And, uh, and so there's two sides to this coin. Actually, you know what? Can I get to this? This is my, this is egregious. Can I, can I lead right into this? Let's do it. This is egregious. This is egregious. Let's do it. This This is is egregious. egregious. As we all know, Leaf Nation is no stranger to exaggeration or overreaction. It's Toronto. It's hockey. We all overreact. (laughs) That's just what happens. However, this segment is to highlight how ridiculous and egregious Toronto media can get and why it's just plain silly, man. Andrew, what's your this is egregious? Ah, <laughs> oh, this is egregious. It comes from our old frenemy, Nick Kiprios, who is now somehow backed and having a platform. So he he uh, he, he is now this, it's it's an early season, Joey. And uh, this is my second time I bring up Nick Kiprios, which is- Is he good. a frenemy or is um, he just an, or is he just an enemy? Like, <laughs> I guess, I guess you're right, but I keep mentioning him. So like, maybe I have some like weird, like uh, Joker Batman relationship <laughs> with him. 
Uh, we need each other to survive. Uh, here's here's what he said on the, the Sportsnet, uh, I don't know, whatever the hell radio show that he was on. Um, I need a guy twice as old as me to do that because I'm not willing to do it. And this was in regards to Geo fighting uh, for Robertson. I believe he said, now, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad. Yes, exactly it. Now, I will say an easy way to deflate this argument is to say, you know who the second oldest guy on the team is? Brian Reeves. Okay, never mind. I, I, I So to the idea that age has anything to do with it is kind of insane. The other thing I want to say is that Nick Kiprios was advocating the other week when the Lilligren injury happened to say that you can't rely on one guy to just stand up for the whole team. Now, in theory, I think that is a totally fine opinion. You know, to, to rely on only one guy who's only going to play a handful of minutes a night to scare off everybody for all four lines and first 60 minutes and stuff like that. It doesn't make any sense. I totally get that. But I also think it's a disingenuous argument because he's saying, why isn't this team that we know who they are and we've known them for years now is not going to just all of a sudden become, you know, the Broad Street Bullies and jump everybody? Well, that's not in their makeup. And I, I, I think that's kind of like a, a disingenuous argument to make that that they should change who they are. So instead, we got a a big enforcer that's only job was to scare people, and that's not working. And he wanted to kind of take the pressure off him. But then you come on the other day and say, "Well, the well, <laughs> well, I need somebody to fight for me. It can't be the whole team." And it's like, "Hey, Nick, you can't have it both ways, man. It can't be one week we need the whole team to fight, and then two weeks later, well, don't have that old guy fight. We need uh, we need fighters to fight." And you're like, "Ha." Huh. Well, buddy, you're lying to yourself. You're not saying the truth and you're just trying to get a rise out of people like people like me and it's working. But I also think you're, uh, you're this is egregious. So you're, just, you're, you're kind of full of shit. Nick, what do you want? What do you want to happen? Like Austin Matthews to jump over the boards? Because if you remember, the fourth line was on. Bobby McMahon, yeah. David Kampf and Noah Gregor were on. Mark Giordano was the closest guy. Yeah, so yeah, he went and exactly. did it. He went, so and, he went and did it. Yeah. Which, which is, which what, is what you asked for. <laughs> which is what you asked for a couple weeks ago. And he did it. And you're like, no, not like that. And you're like, yeah. oh, dude, oh. you're killing me. You just can't make this guy happy, man. Like, I can't even believe he played for the Leafs. You can't make him fucking happy. I, I just, I will say, okay, you know, like if I have to say something nice, it looks like you haven't aged. I'm kind of worried you're a vampire. The second thing <laughs> is you are absolutely lying to everybody because you're just feeding their insecurities about being trying to leap to these fans going, we need to be tougher. And then people fight and you go, yeah, not like that though. And you're like, ah, oh, dude, shut up. Just egregious man egregious <laughs> i i just this is this is the definition of egregious right just just bums that's me probably out. the biggest so, one all season is that one. That, oh, nice that, okay good that uh nick kiprios <laughs> remark is probably the most ridiculous remark we've seen all year so far and we're what 15 games in 15 games in congrats congrats nick you get it you have the title so far we'll give you the belt it's in the mail oh man um mine i guess you know because we've got some days off here, everyone's trying yeah. to search for some things to write. And you know, sure. if you're if you're going through the score app and and you hit your favorites tab, sometimes these these sure. articles come up and you're just kind of like, huh? So the hockey writers had a uh, had a headline: the Leafs have a franchise altering trade chip in Nylander. Oh, in William Nylander. Yeah. So, oh. but my my thing to the hockey writers. You know who's a franchise-altering player is William Nylander. So yeah. wouldn't it be great if we can go trade for William Nylander? It's so I ridiculous, man. <laughs> it's so egregious. Like, are you kidding me? I get it. You're looking for clip clicks, and yet yeah, I clicked on it. I clicked on it. I, I gave yeah, him. Yeah, we're talking about it. Yeah, I saw the headline, and I'm like, well, the article can't be about this. This is just a, a headline, right? But no, the article is about that. Yeah, William yeah, yeah. Nylander is I, not getting traded. 
Like the Leafs could be in the Oilers position right now with seven points and William Nylander is not getting traded. That's not happening. He's a top five player in the league at this moment. Look at the NHL scoring standings. It is insane to suggest that. It is insane to say, how can I make my team better? I'll get rid of the best player on my team. Egregious. Yeah, there's there's an argument. There's an argument. This is egregious. I'm sorry. Yes, this is egregious. Uh, there's an argument. Of, uh, there's the Family Guy thing where he uh, he wants a boat and they offer him a boat or the mystery box. And he says, oh, yeah. you know, I might choose the mystery box because it might be a boat. And I feel that's kind of the same argument for this. It we're is. going like, hey, if you trade William Nylander, you might get a, a player as good as William Nylander. You're like, well, we have a William Nylander. Why would we want to trade him for another William Nylander? I don't get yeah. it. And if re- you get that, by the way. Yeah, reality check, you're not getting that back. You're losing every You're single trade in a William Nylander deal. You are losing every single trade. Oh, God. Especially this week, you know, where the team didn't always play great. I totally understand that. But there were there were multiple times where William Nylander just took over the game. And I just don't I just don't get how you watch that and go like, yeah, we should get rid of this guy. Like, what? Yeah. Ugh. Egregious. Stupid. This is egregious. All egregious. right. The Leafs are in Sweden, man. They are uh, enjoying Stockholm. I'm assuming that William Nylander is going to be showing some of the boys around and and yeah, what Max Domi is going to meet up with Matt Sundin and everyone's going to have a great time. And then they're going to play some hockey on <laughs> Friday. Uh, this is kind of fun because a nice little 2 p.m. afternoon game on a Friday. And then I don't know who's looking forward to this 8 a.m. on a, on a Sunday. Yeah. Like God, 8 a.m. Yeah, that that one that one's uh, that one's going to be rough. I think people with children are probably going to like that one. I think we're, we're like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think people won't like it. Us. Uh, churchgoers, uh, football fans, because how can you, how can you, it's just like, it's one of those things where yes, it's more sports and I love that, but how can you, uh, I'm going to have a a tough time selling to my wife that I'm going to have to watch sports from eight in the morning until 11 PM at night. Um, so I I might be using, I already get, (laughs) I already get the unfiltered 10 hours and now it's like, do you want to make it 15 hours? That'd be fun. You know, like, Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. That that one's a, that one's gonna be a little bit rough. But I'm still gonna do it. I'm still gonna wake up. Because, oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I want to see oh, yeah. this. This is gonna be exciting. Uh, just kind of like the first time that I can remember the Leafs playing a regular season game, uh, not in North America. I don't know if this has happened in my lifetime. That's a good question. I don't remember one off the top of my head. Yeah. So it should be it should be exciting against Detroit. Detroit's a solid team. I mean, good on you for yes. picking them. Uh, a, Thank you. you know, a few weeks ago as the, the kind of team to break through. And it looks like they are breaking through. Um, so that'll be a good one. I'm excited for that one. Uh, I think we got a nice little lineup rolling here. Like mm. I said before, John Klingberg's on that card, man. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. Does the shelving split the goalies here? Does he just because it's kind of like where this is an opportunity. It's kind of like a cool thing. I'll give Sammy one. I'll give wall the other. Or do you think he goes with one goalie both for both games? I bet you, I, I would say probably splitting the goalie. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I, I don't want to say this, this is, this feels like a terrible one for the Toronto Maple Leafs podcast that we're on the good buds podcast, but is like these games kind of don't matter. They're, they're international games in Sweden and they're like, they're playing in a different clock and like all this kind of stuff. So if they came out like ba- looking bad, these both games, I wouldn't be like, Whoa, this team, I don't know, man. Like I, it's a lot different than a, a Thursday, Saturday in Toronto. And so I just, I think the point would be to get both of them out there to to rotate some guys in just to just to have them do it just to just to have them out there in Sweden to play a little bit. Yeah, and in terms of like who gets which game, I don't think it matters. I think I you know. more so. I think you see who's uh, responding to jet lag 
better than the other and, and you go with who seems, I guess, a little a little more comfortable. I mean, you're landing what? They, it's Tuesday as we're talking now, so they still yeah. got a few days, but, you know, Sweden's pretty far. So I think Sweden is I think far. you just have a dialogue with, with both goalies and on Thursday, Friday morning, you're like, who's feeling it right now? And whoever seems a little yeah. calmer and a little ready to go, then I think you go that way because I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. Just kind of like with the back-to-back last week, everyone was like, oh, yeah. oh, they should have played Wall against the, the Canucks because the Canucks are a better a better team and Wall was playing better than Sammy was, so you got to give Sammy. And no, it, it didn't matter, man. Both goalies were not playing well, so so it no, didn't matter no. who you gave. And and then look, two wins. Like, it, does, you know, and it doesn't matter. Two goals on Saturday. Um, yeah, I agree. And also, like, Detroit and Mini are very different teams. Mini plays like that really, uh, you know, whatever the new age trap is with a big shutdown defense, mm-hmm. even though they've been giving up goals a lot recently, especially on the power, uh, the penalty kill. So uh, so that should be interesting. But I don't I don't think it matters enough where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, Wald, you know, has more, you know, rebound control, so we should play him against. No, no, no. I think both of them get the opportunity because these are, um, you know, like they're like global leadership games. Like they're like yeah. trying to extend the game a little For bit, sure. stuff like that. So like just get them both out there. I think so too. And I think what's, what's interesting, what we can talk about next week a bit is how this is going to affect them coming home. Like, yes, you know, you've got, you've got some big travel in you and then you got to come back and Hey, we're, we're going here. The, the season's back on track. Like, I wonder how all these teams are going to respond when they get home. I, I'd be interested to look at um, Minnesota, Detroit, Ottawa, and Toronto's record in the first week after they get back from Sweden and, and see if there's any yes. pattern there of like, because I think it's going to be tough. They're not playing each other when they get back. They're playing teams that have been here the whole time that have been going. I uh, yeah. haven't had, I mean, the least play they haven't played since Saturday. They're going to play Friday, Saturday. then Sunday, and then they're not going to play until the following Friday a Black Friday Thanksgiving afternoon game in Chicago. Like, I'm really glad that they're working the schedule like that, that there is this time that they can take to, you know, get acclimated to Sweden and then come back and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's got to mess you up because that also means that our schedule must be pretty packed in the second half of the season to make up for these days. I was taking a look. I think January, if you look at the beginning of January, they just start going on a run. It's just like every other day, mm. which I mean, as a I feel fan, like a I'm good gambling that. website. I feel like a good gambling website would tell us about this because they would probably be breaking down the numbers being like, yeah, this is tough or, you know, teams don't do well after this. Yeah. But I think, I think you're right. It should be, it should be an interesting test. Yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, something that also has been quite interesting is the Leafs been in a bunch of shootouts. I just kind of wanted to bring that up quickly. Yeah. Like there was mm. like a couple of years where we barely saw it, like one shootout in the entire year because we were so good on that three on three power play or then we were so bad on the three on three power plays. Just it never went the full five minutes. Um, but now that we have seen a bunch of shootouts this year, I think it's three. Who yep. is your ideal shootout lineup? If you've got to send three Leafs out there, not current Leafs, I'm talking like okay. three Leafs since the shootout started in 0405. Oh, since the shootout started. Yeah. Who, are, oh. who are your three that you're sending out? Okay, um, Matt Sundin is one of them. Interesting. Uh, wow, that backhand was so was so good, and he and if I can remember one shootout with Matt Sundin, as a Vancouver Canuck. Uh, oh yeah, god, it'd be it uh, as an opposition. I hated that so fucking much. Uh, and he scored, and he yeah. looked great, and that he put us away with the backhand. And you know what the worst part is? Everybody as a fan is sitting there in the stands going, "He's going backhand," and yeah. he does it. And you're like, "Motherfucker, <laughs> god damn it! How? Why do I go into this?" Um, yeah, I just think that that would be okay. That'd be really good. Uh, that's number one. Do you want to do this draft style? You take the next one and we'll go back and forth. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take, I think if my number one, and this is kind of a weird one. Okay. But I'm going with Mikhail Grabowski. 
Whoa, Miguel Gravosky. He was he was ruthless on the shootout. I don't even know what, what his what his numbers were, but I just remember some some like crazy highlight reel shootout goals where if you needed a goal in the shootout, you go to Gravo. Wow. Oh, I love that. Uh, so you're saying 0304 afterwards, eh? 0405, because okay, so yeah, it was after the lockout. 0405, right? that's the year we came yeah. in. Uh, so McGillney stopped playing in 2004. Yeah, no. Um, damn it. Um, okay, next would be... Oh, man, it can't be a current leave. It can be. It can be. Oh, it can yeah, be? Just- oh, it can be a current leave. Oh, fuck that. I'm going Mitch Marner. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's just got great moves. And it seems like, you know what's funny? It's all a visual eye test too, where I could look at numbers and be like, you know, this guy's got a higher percentage. You're like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. But when like, uh, who's a good example? When someone that usually just goes wrist shot doesn't score, you're like, eh, that sucks. But if somebody tries something and fails, you're like, ooh, tried something. I like mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? And Mitch Marner's captain, captain tries stuff where he does things and they're like, eh, too bad. Gonna do That's it. true. Okay, if you're going to go Marnes, I'm going to go Willie Nylander just because, Damn it. I mean, he's so seasoned on the breakaway. And even though he hasn't scored in a couple shootout attempts this year, I think he's the one who gets the most breakaway looks out of anyone. He's the one who probably, if you got to take 100 shootout attempts, who's going to score most often? I'd probably say William Nylander just because the speed he, speed he brings coming down and the yeah. hands he has in close. So I guess Nylander's my second pick. Ah, uh, see, that's okay. Damn it. Those, those probably going to be mine. Um, do you know the Leafs in the history of their, of their, uh, uh, of the franchise are 64 and 81 in shootouts? God, that's awful. It's awful. That's also a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, yeah. Okay. So who am I going to go to next? Uh, Oh God, you just choose Austin Matthews. Like, is that too obvious? But he's so such a good goal scorer. I, you know what's so funny? I don't have a feeling on how he is in the shootout. Like, it's like he's okay. I think know, he's he's okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just think like you choose a goal scorer. Let's do let's choose Austin Matthews. He scored sixteen in a season. I'm gonna go Tyler Bozak. Yeah, I'm gonna go Tyler Bozak. Oh, that's a very good he's choice. So good on the shootout. And I think he's back so to the, the to the Winter Classic. Yeah, he ended it. Yeah, in Detroit. That was nice. That was nice. Tyler Bozak. Tyler Bozak. That's a great way to end that. Yeah, that's 100% the guy you want to go with. Okay, well, okay, since we talked about, you know what? They also talked about changing the three-on-three rules, which I got to say, this just came out today, so we don't really know the full details just as we're recording, but they're talking about like uh, uh, shot clocks and like, you know, to try and change the possession a little bit. The one thing I would not change in hockey is three on three is so captivating. No one, no one's getting up and going to the bathroom during three on three. It could end at any second. My only thing is get rid of the shootout. Just have three on three until the game ends. It won't last more than 10 minutes. Like it will. Yeah. I just don't get it. I think the over and back thing that they're proposing is a little weird where it's like once you've crossed the red line or crossed the blue line, you can't go back and then like kind of recalibrate. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. That's I get they want the game to end without it seeing a shootout, but like this is this is still a point we're fighting for, right? Like let's not yeah, make it yeah, too yeah. trivial where, you know, you, you press and right away you, you can't go back. You, you cause a turnover the other way in a breakaway. They score like, I get it, but yeah. I think, I don't know. My, my vote would just be extending it to 10 minutes. And I, I know just extend yeah. it. Like I just either, it feels like there's scoring chances galore in these things. And I understand the idea is like, you don't want three shots in five minutes. Like that's that. Cause people hold on to the puck so much, but like, I don't know. I, I think it's like the one good thing that they have uh, mm-hmm, come up with mm-hmm. almost kind of by accident. So yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get to the numbers game. Here we go. A game where I put Joey on the spot to see if he can remember leaves from past era. Uh, and what number they wore. Joey's currently 14 for 14, but each player he gets wrong now, between now and the All-Star break, Joey will donate $10 to the You Can Play Project, a foundation working to ensure the safety and inclusion for all that participate in sports. Joey, you're still perfect. Let's go. Uh, 
And uh, I, I just, I can't begin to describe that now trying to find players, I'm like, okay, it's time to get a little more difficult. Let's keep going back further. You're going, back, going further? back further? You're going to kill me over here. I thought I thought we could we could go any, chi- any time of me watching Leafs. <laughs> this is, I'm not, I'm, it's not the 1970s. These are players that you definitely watched. Okay. And I, I, it's more, it's more of a game of myself of going like, okay, one of these days I'm aptly going to sewer you. Um, not yet. Not this week though. Well, maybe. I'm going to start. So, <laughs> well, well, maybe we'll see about that. Let's start with one of my favorite players growing oh. up. Um, you know, uh, I don't know how much of his history he's got here, but I loved Alan McCauley. 18. Do you remember? Oh, Joey, <laughs> you're killing me. How did you know that off the top of your head? He got it right, by the way, everybody. How did you know that off the top of your head? Uh, 18 is my favorite number. I'm a big Peyton Manning fan. Oh, so any I, any leaf that's worn 18, like uh, Chad Kilger, like Noah Gregor, like Alan McCauley, yeah. that just kind of sticks with me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joey didn't even think about it. Alan McCauley, number 18. He is correct, by the way. So now he's 15 for 15 on the season. Uh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know whether to, whether to put him first or second next to this next player because Joey... Uh, grew up playing goal, Ooh. and so he is. I think I think has a good memory for goaltenders. Uh-oh. But what about his teammate, backup goalie, and online uh, personality, Glenn Healy? Oh, I think Glenn Healy was thirty. Glenn Healy was number thirty. Yes. Joey is two for two again on episode seven. Oh my goodness! Speaking of fifteen for fifteen, you know Leafs that hated that hate the Leafs like Glenn Healy, like yes, Nick Kiprios, yes. who played for the Leafs and hate the Leafs. Glenn Healy, yeah. when he was on Hockey Night in Canada, it was impossible to watch because he hated. He, I don't know if he was sour that we just kind of let him ride the bench for the entire time he spent here, yeah, or just because his goalie mask was the ugliest thing on planet Earth. But uh. he just hated, hated. Watching the Leafs. Anyways, yeah, number 30. Uh, he, yeah, he, number 30, yeah, he really did. And the worst part is, he kind of was exactly the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, he's this Scottish personality, wears kilts and all this good stuff. We have the, we have bagpipers walk across the ice every home opener, all this good, and it just, he fucking hated mm-hmm. it. It also, how his career ended, so maybe that's part of it, I don't know. But, yeah, uh, yeah so yes, Joey is two for two again, 15 for 15 on the season. 16 for 16. And you know what, I, 60 for 16, and I'm sorry about that. And I thought this was going to be hard, and it maybe was the fastest one he did. Let's go. Um, All right, let's talk. Let us know. Did, sorry, did you ahead. get these at home? Let us know. Did you get these at home? Is this... Is If everyone writes and goes, yes, I'm like, okay, I got to be harder. I get it. Okay, for sure. I'm going to get like a fourth line scrub from 1995 next week. Um, let's talk some NHL news. Jay Woodcroft sure. is no longer behind the bench in Edmonton. Uh, yes, it is not going well over in Alberta, although they finally yeah. got back on track last night with a 4-1 win against the Islanders. Um, getting your getting Connor McDavid to snap his goal drought. Like, I can't even believe I'm saying that Connor McDavid is snapping a goal drought, is snapping a, yeah. a pointless drought. Like, I remember before the season, everyone's talking, is he going to hit 150, 170 this year? And, and people are like, yeah, I'll take the over on that. Oh, my God. I don't think that's happening. I don't think it's no, happening. No, I, I, I really don't. No, I don't. Yeah, Jay Woodcraft is fired. You know, I think it's unsurprising a coach of a uh, a team not having success was fired. That None of that is surprising, right? Mm-hmm. I think all the stuff around it is very interesting, where the players clearly, even though uh, Ken Holland, the GM, said, I talked to the veteran players. They were okay with it. Connor McDavid comes out and goes, no one talked to me. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And... For a man that is probably part robot, he seemed very pissed during that little... He was Mm -hmm. more emotional than I think I've ever seen him. So that... It just... None of this is going very well for them. No. I think... Hmm. 
I, I have the same thoughts when people are suggesting fire Sheldon Keefe. Like, you, mm-hmm. to fire a coach in the first tw- 20 games of a season, like, yeah. it has to be so clear and obvious that they've lost the room. It has, and I don't know if that was the case. Like, I don't think yeah, I don't getting rid of Jay Woodcroft all of a sudden makes the Oilers' defensive system work and the goaltending fixed. Like, tell me that Jay Woodcroft leaving town all of a sudden makes Stuart Skinner into a solid number one goaltender. I don't think that's yeah, what's going to happen. Um, I get it. Yeah. You need to shake things up. Like, I get the the mindset of it. I don't agree with it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, you got to expect Edmonton's going to go on a run at some point in time, but they're just too talented yeah. not to like as much as, as much as they become a punching bag on this podcast for Joey and I, because you know, uh, for lots of good reasons, actually mm-hmm. I, I, they are talented. They should do well. And that's the part that's not surprising. And I get that like Ken Holland can't fire himself. So he had to fire the coach. Uh, because I think that's the thing that Edmonton fans and people in general are talking about is going, is the, is this team well-constructed? Did they put together a good team? And you start looking at some of the signings and where they're spending money and where they're still spending money. Uh, and you, there is a real solid, solid argument to be like, is this Jay Woodcroft's fault that like that he didn't put together a good team, or is it Ken Holland's? Yeah, that Darnell Nurse is probably quite overpaid, or that yeah, without Connor McDavid, your lineup is quite fragile. Um, yes. without Connor McDavid playing at the level that Connor McDavid played at last year, like there are clear holes in this lineup. I mean, we can go on and on with Edmonton all day, but we'll see what happens. Oh, absolutely. It's so easy. The PWHL jerseys or lack thereof were released today. Um, I wanted to like these so badly. I really did. I know. It's, I just think it's such a missed opportunity. If no one's seen the jerseys, all the jerseys look the same. They have their color scheme. And then it's the same sort of New York Rangers thing where the city is, spelt diagonally down the crest no logos um no team names and the argument that everyone's saying is well it's their inaugural jerseys the keyword is inaugural they're gonna change them hold on a second you had people excited for this league for these teams for these team names personally myself who loves buying jerseys i was so excited i am so excited to go buy a toronto either torch or whatever it's gonna be jersey yeah whatever yeah and you're going to have these as placeholders for a year. So then everyone has to go respend their money on merch next year. I don't know, man. Like, I think there was such a clear opportunity to get these right. I have nothing wrong with the color schemes. I just have a clear issue with all of them looking the exact same. Yeah. I, there's, there's, there's a few issues right now. Cause you're right. We wanted to talk about it and be like, this is great. Isn't this so exciting? Let's go buy jerseys. We finally have like, yeah, let's go buy jerseys. They have a, a, a women's league that's, you know, really put together and showcases their incredible talent. And then you, those, um, mock designs and names came out a couple weeks ago and got roundly dismissed on the internet going like, these are stupid. And then it feels like this is a counteraction to that where they go, actually no names, no names, just, uh, just, just names of cities on jerseys. And you're like, uh, that's also not good. You know, the other one too is the Toronto P- PWHL uh, team is looking for deposits and buying tickets. They haven't even told us where they're playing. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I buy? Why would I buy tickets yet? When I, what if they're playing in Woodbridge? What if they're playing in the GTA and not downtown Toronto? You know, there's these little things where you go, like, okay, there is leadership, right? Like, it feels like they're too much at the whim of of just online people going, like, yes or no. You have to have an opinion in this, you know? Yeah, I think. I mean, it seems like the backlash on those names were so. 
I mean, the reaction was so negative that everyone's like, okay, yeah. no names is just going to be cities for now. Like until we, until we release the names, we're just going to have these cities on the jerseys. I don't know, but I just think it's such a missed opportunity. You have so many fans who are excited for this league, uh, yes. who want to yes. go buy merch. And if you're going to throw out a bunch of beer league looking jerseys, just because you're like, it's a placeholder for the inaugural season, you're telling me you couldn't come up with a Jersey idea in the past seven months. Like, well, that's the thing. We've known this is this teams are coming for a while. Like, how did we not have something ready? Yeah, uh, not like it takes yeah. seven months to make a logo or make a jersey design online. Um, just seems like a weird miss here. Uh, we'll see. Like, I like yeah, those we'll sweaters see. that they were wearing when they debuted the jersey. It was like, I can't remember what it said. It was like P- Toronto, PWHL Toronto hockey, but like the colors were nice. Like, yeah. I'd buy yeah, that yeah. sort of sweater. I just, I'd love to see a logo on the jersey. I mean, you're going to spend what, 200, 230 bucks for? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I don't, I really, I think it's even more than the jersey itself. It just kind of worries you that you're like, oh no, everything's good, right? Like, you guys, yeah. you guys have this organized, right? Oh, please, please, you know, because we want this to be good. So yeah, a little bit of a, maybe a miss on that one, but, you know, let's see him hit the ice. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be Yeah, great training camp starts soon. And, uh, that should be exciting. Yeah, exactly. And go Toronto. Whatever it is. Hockey club. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming around to Torch. If it's Torch, I don't even care anymore. I think that's all right. Torch is fine. Torch is fine. Torch is at least original, something different. Yeah, for sure. All righty. I think that's all the time we have today. If you've made it this far, we appreciate the hell out of all you good buds. Thank you so much for listening. Let's have a great time in Sweden. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go in Swedish. I should have looked that up. You can follow us on Twitter at GoodBudsPod. Any questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast, you can send to goodbudspod at gmail.com. The song you're listening to is Adelaide by Taylor Whitaker of Bad Adelaide is available wherever you find it. I know we haven't talked. I know we haven't talked in a while, but my hands have missed the feel of your cold black hair. Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!